They put on the helmet and pads. Picked off by Jonathan Joseph. The Texans go in front. And make the big plays. Back again by Whitney Merciless. His second of the game. Now it's time for Texans players to take you inside the game. But as a player, you got to use the little things and the details. And they'll take you outside the white lines, too. Bread pudding, apple pie and ice cream, peach cobbler, or sweet potato casserole. Yeah. Welcome to the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show. Live from Fuddruckers with your hosts, Mark Vandermeer, D.P. Sidhu, and Drew Doherty. What a festive crowd we have tonight here at Fuddruckers Greenway 59 and Wesley and Mark Vandermeer with you at DP City. Drew's on his way because it's a weird day for the players. I'll explain in a moment. And our guest tonight is, I've heard of him. I've <laughs> met him before. Andre <laughs> Ware, ladies and gentlemen. All right. And All right. if you're wondering <clears throat> if Andre carries the Heisman Trophy around with him, it's true because he brought it in here tonight. Yep. <laughs> I told you the other day I get accused of, of riding around with it on the hood of my car all the time. So I figure why not attach it today and, uh, and uh, make good on it. You should get like a little tiny replica. Make <laughs> 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 it for your good ornament. <laughs> That's a great idea, Mark. Screensaver on my phone. That'd be cool. Make them for all the winners, oh, the yeah. fraternity, yeah. as you call it. But it's pretty cool to have you here on the 30th anniversary yeah, yeah. and the actual date is coming up right after we play the Patriots. December 2nd. That's exactly right. So a couple of weeks from today, actually. Life changed that day, you know, in a major way. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. I always said it's it's the greatest individual trophy you can win in team sports. I agree with you. If that makes sense. I agree with you. You you agree? I I agree with (laughs) you. No, but I think like... And I remember Errol Campbell, when I finally got to New York, uh, he told me that, uh, he said, you're no longer Andre Ware. And I kind of like... What is he talking about? Mm. He says, you're Andre Ware, the Heisman Trophy winner from here going, you know, from here on. And that's true. Yeah. Because everywhere you're introduced and any show that I'm on, that's it's kind of what it is. And you embrace it and and, and ride with it. Sure. I know you're grateful about it and you're you're very humble about it. It's awesome. And very um, appreciative of the guys that that uh, that I played with. Mm -hmm. And we we actually won that trophy together because. We couldn't go to a bowl game that year, and uh, it was a brotherhood like no other. I mean, it's a special team that I played on. Those guys, I mean, once it started to be, everybody started talking about it, and it, it somewhat became a possibility. I was trying to drown out the noise. They started playing harder, and mm-hmm. you could see it, you know, and every every week you could see the intensity just kind of start to grow. I, I love this because it, it was a team award, yes, really. Yes, it and really you, was. You always Couldn't say that. Couldn't go to a bowl game. We, yeah. we were on probation for something that happened when we were all in elementary school. <laughs> and uh, So naturally, you should have to pay the price for that. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we paid the price for it. But nowadays, the NCAA can only go back seven years. Back then, uh, there was no, statute, could, there of was no statute of limitations. And they got us for something. We weren't even anywhere near the campus of the University of Houston. Andre, wow. it's been 30 years. Do you celebrate this anniversary <laughs> every year? I feel like this is something there should be a cake or some celebration every year. But maybe after 30 years... It's all that, but it thirty is a big number. Yeah, it's it's too big, DB. <laughs> <laughs> like it doesn't and, feel and like thirty go, years ago, and it goes kind of fast. You don't feel it, but uh, then every once in a while, uh, it kind of settles in. At thirty years ago, and and, mm-hmm. and uh, that's a while ago. You know, yeah, it's, it's a lifetime. Well, you look ago, great. So, look hey, at you, you know, just fighting the fight, man. <laughs> fighting the fight. That's it. 
Fight the fight. That that I is. Think, it. I think we should get you a cake with a thirty on it, with a little <laughs> replica trophy. If it's a good cake, I'll, I'll bite it. I'll take a fork yeah, and go to work on a, it. That's for sure. I mean, I think it's something that you, like you say, you remember for the rest of your life. Yeah. And you're you one of you the, become a part of a fraternity. Small fraternity for life. of it, yeah. It's, it's exactly right. Winners. And Kevin Brown, who I do games with on Saturday, he said there's only eighty and hundred and fifty years of college football. And so that mm. kind of puts it in perspective too. Yeah. We were we were doing the uh, the Temple Tulane game last Saturday, and he and he said it. And then he said it the week before we were in uh, in New York in Yankee Stadium doing a game. It was Dartmouth and Princeton. Princeton, who played in the very first college football game right. ever against Rutgers, and so he said it that week. And <clears throat> and I didn't know it was coming, but when he said it, I had to pause for a second. I'm like, wait a minute, that's kind of cool. Only 80 oh, yeah. of them in 150 years. It, Pretty, pretty good company. I think it's so cool how it's the 150th anniversary of college football, yeah. and it's the NFL 100 year, yeah. and it's the 50th year of Monday Night Football. Also, yeah, it's a lot of anniversaries. A lot going of anniversaries on. this year, and that 30 hits on at the right time of 150 years of college football. The wow. 30 kind of hits right, mm. right, right there, and it's it's kind of a nice place to be. Look at that. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I feel like it was Heisman Trophy winners week between you. Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I um, wish that could have gone a little bit different. Could have gone a little differently. Uh, you know, I wanted but, to ask you because while watching that game, you see Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson, and right. all week everyone sort of talked about that 2016 game where they played each other, and yep. Lamar won the Heisman, and and Deshaun went on to win the national college championship. Mm-hmm. Do you think that now it's there should be any argument for maybe having the Heisman Trophy voting later on, oh, or maybe I, after absolutely. the championship? Yeah, I absolutely think so, and uh, <clears throat> well. Now I do. Back when I won it, no. I was no, going to say, maybe, <laughs> we maybe were not going then. to a bowl game, so that might have cost me a couple of votes at the end of the year. I mean, that's but, also nice no. too because you recognize players right. that wouldn't get the recognition. T- otherwise, times have changed. I mean, we and look at how we crown a national champion now. No one ever thought that we would actually have a college football playoff, and and eventually mm-hmm. we will have the playoffs where it'll be plural mm-hmm. and more teams other than the four that are playing. There'll be eight or so that uh, that we move on to the next level of it. But as the times change, absolutely it should change. And, and uh, you take into account how a guy plays in the national championship game or maybe even the bowl games leading into the national championship game where you get a full, uh, full service serving size of mm-hmm. all of it, and then you vote. Because I, with the NFL, they do the NFL honors actually the night <clears throat> the before the, the Super Bowl. Right. So mm-hmm. the Super Bowl winner doesn't really determine who is the league's MVP right. or defensive player of the year. So. Maybe is that a compromise where the Super Bowl winner doesn't win just everything across the board because they've won the Super Bowl? Yeah, maybe, and maybe the night before the national championship, that's, that's, or the weekend before, that's as good a time. Because then now there is a week, there is a dead week between the end mm. of the season or the last bowl game. And then are the last semifinal game and the championship game. So it's so that would be weird. a nice time to do it. You know, when you played Dre, there weren't as many bowls. And I think that it, it yeah, speaks to... Yeah, that's why getting to a bowl game was kind of important, you know? It, it was so important. Yeah. It was it was a real accomplishment back then. And not that it's not an Name accomplishment. Name a company. Now. They sponsor a bowl. <laughs> right. Yeah. Fuddruckers I mean, probably <laughs> sponsors one. We'll start one <laughs> up. We'll start up a Fuddruckers bowl. Uh, but seriously, you have a, a lot of six and six teams. Sometimes yeah. they have to five and up. seven will yeah. make it. A sub five hundred team has to get in. Mm-hmm. So that's why the voting maybe should be now should be after the bowls because back then you might have a great player that doesn't make a bowl because right. he's on a team. John Elway, his last year, what, what were they four and seven or five and seven? Yeah. Actually, they were eleven games back then. So whatever. They, I think they had a losing mm-hmm. record. I think they were five and six. That's or another something. dynamic that's changed. We've gone to, from eleven games to twelve games. Twelve Which regular. I, I don't know games. how you feel about that, but I don't know if you need a twelfth game. No, I, I'm. Uh, 
I think you can you can actually add by going back to eleven. You can add uh, four more teams to the playoff. Oh, mm. great idea! Because so. to me, a lot of the teams that add the twelfth opponent, they're adding an opponent that's oh, yeah. not so hot. Yep. Really, let's be honest. It's a, it's a uh, a warm up game or mm-hmm. a mid season off week. And for, that, a lot, for a lot of teams. And these late season games where you're playing a team that's from a far lesser conference, right. you know, with all due respect, it just doesn't sound good. It doesn't <laughs> look good. It's just not. A, I know me, you've done and, some and of these you, games. You, you don't. I don't enjoy going to a place where I know the outcome before I get there. Yeah. You know, <laughs> right. you know what's is it going to be 30, 40 or 50 points that they win by. And uh, you, you try to you do your best for all of them, but you like a good competitive football game to broadcast. You you know that I don't have yeah. to tell you. Yeah, I mean, w- as voices of the Texans, we don't mind a blowout in favor of the yes. Texans. Yes, those, exactly. Those are fine. Exactly. Uh, but as a national guy, you're always rooting for who's ever trailing, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Somebody catch Keep up close. and make this. Yeah, exciting. I've become quite the underdog fan, where I'm always yeah. pulling pulling for the underdog. It seems like that's Every what you do. Weekend. How about last night? I'm watching Monday Night Football, and Joe Tessitore, when Rivers throws that last right. pick to end the thread, he's like. No, he sounded like the voice of the Chargers. <laughs> he I wanted think, to see I think it. Joe wanted to see overtime. Yeah, he wanted and, to see overtime. Uh, he kind of was in the moment, caught up in it, and it looked like that's where it was headed, the way they were driving down the field, mm-hmm. chewing the clock up, and lo and behold, he lets one get away again. You know, it's weird watching that one because the Texans beat both of those teams, yeah. and you're thinking that Thursday night, I mean, I'm calling it the way-too-early-to-say-it unofficial AFC South championship game because the Or loser- the biggest... Uh, I think at this point, it's a must win. You hate to say that at, yeah. at you know, what is it, week 11 or 12 yeah. of, a, of an NFL season, but it's about as much a, a must win as you could possibly get because now you're essentially two games behind. You're one behind mm-hmm. in the standings, right. but you've lost to the Colts twice, so any tiebreaker, they're going to get it. So yeah. it, it's it has it's a must win in your own building. You're no really playing uphill if you lose this one because yeah. – you, you've got the Patriots next, and that sure. is no picnic. We know that. And you're, you'll be fighting in all likelihood for a wild card. It's possible the Colts would stumble if they are victorious on Thursday down the stretch. But if the Colts win Thursday, they've got to be feeling really good about themselves. That's why this outcome is just so crucial for this team. And it He's adds hoping to, to see Hoyer this week. You know, maybe Jacoby's not he's, quite right. He's a yeah. full participant in practice. It's amazing <sighs> to me that with a sprained MCL, he misses what a game and a half. Yeah, mm-hmm. comes in the and plays. The kid is tough. But you know, he's tough. But they did run the ball a lot versus Jacksonville, yeah. which makes you wonder if they're just sort of altering the offense a little bit. Now, to I know Marlon Max on the injury report too. He it? had hand surgery. Yeah, he's he's out. So well, he's out. Right, and well, Ty it was a, a DNP today, right? Uh, T.Y. Hilton says, uh, well, you know what, he, he, he could not practice. He could not practice, and Frank Reich says he could still play. So. But he'll, he'll live for a little bit. He could be on crutches, on, and he will show up. And, and make he sure sh- that he's on the field. <laughs> this yeah. is a game that he's going to want to play. But they, no they're really banged up at wide receiver as well. Yeah. So, yeah. But we've seen that in the past with these two teams, no matter who's got more injuries. Well, what's crazy about it is they're banged up everywhere, and then they go out and put 33 points on Jacksonville. Yep. So, I mean – Throw that out the window. I don't know what to make of it because they struggled to beat Denver. Both teams are banged They up lost up. to the Dolphins. I know they had Hoyer in that game. Yep. The Steelers are well, – I think the Steelers can be pretty good, obviously. And they lost to Pittsburgh at their place. It's really tough to know what to make of them. But they did beat the Texans a few weeks ago, and you got to really respect that. And so that makes this week extra tough. Yep. Dre, what about the short week? And, you know, I think the players probably welcome – 
not having to practice much and then going out there and, like, let's just do it. Because after, you know this team you're facing. Yeah, after a game like Sunday, mm-hmm. you want to get back on the field as quickly as you possibly can because it's a bad taste in your mouth. And so uh, I told you after the game, there's, there's a, a game in the schedule every year that's like that where you just don't have your best stuff. It's kind of like a pitcher going to the mound. You don't have your best stuff that night. You just hope you're good enough to win. Yeah. That you get enough bat support and, and you throw enough strikes that you find you figure out a way to win win somehow. That's how it was on Sunday. It just mm-hmm. wasn't enough to win because you were running into what I thought was or what I think is the best team right now in the NFL. It, it on was, both sides of the mm-hmm. ball and special teams. Hard to argue. It's yeah. they are playing like it. We'll see it. Even I think they have the Rams. This, yeah, this coming Monday week, night. That'll be, a, that'll be another good football game. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they are a tough team, but, you know, with Deshaun Watson, that's the first time that it, what, it didn't come down to the end of the game. And, yeah. You know, you just kept – even I, I remember in the fourth quarter thinking, oh, we're only down by three touchdowns. It's Desha- Deshaun's going to turn it on. You, you, you never know. Yeah. You just You just feel like you're always in the game with him, and he just – unfortunately, the things never got clicking with him for it, that It's game. been a long time since I felt like – um, he was trying. He's trying to make plays, or he's trying to make the big play. Mm. And Sunday felt that way. I don't know if it was because Lamar was on the other sideline, but it seemed as though he was he was trying to will his team a little bit more so than he had been because he's been kind of taking mm. what was there, getting the ball out, taking the check down. So it's on been so working. Forth. It's been working. He held it a little bit longer. The very first sack of the game, mm-hmm. he's moving around and, and trying to escape and escape and escape, and then he takes the sack. It's like. Just go back to being that guy you were the the, uh, the previous nine weeks or so. Yeah, I think that's great advice, and yeah. that's, a, that's a great way of looking at it because he just didn't look like himself. That's pl- he's plenty of good being that guy. Yeah, exactly, and, and getting the job done that way, and they got to get back to running the football solid. Yeah. I know they got some yards late, but they want to get them early. They mm-hmm. want to get off to a great start, and uh, you want to get the crowd going. Right. The, you can get the crowd going on Thursday. You don't want to be playing uphill. And if you lose the game, you'll really be playing uphill the rest the of the season. The crowd needs to be, I mean, at its best yeah. on Thursday. This is you know, The home field advantage needs to be felt. Mm-hmm. Uh, that place can get extremely loud mm-hmm. to where we've done games in there where we, we can barely hear yeah. yourself we need uh, that. talking into the microphone. So uh, we, we need that badly on Thursday night when the Colts come in. I think if everybody here at Fuddruckers is uh, at yeah. the game, they'll be doing their part for sure. They're all yeah. their heads. Yeah. They're yeah. going to be loud. They're they'll be able to recover from the milkshakes and the burgers <laughs> by then, and they'll be good to go for Thursday night. All right, Andre Ware is with us. We have plenty to talk about with the Houston Texans taking on Indianapolis. Other action around the National Football League. More on Andre's 30th anniversary season of when he won the Heisman. We've got the Heisman Trophy here if you want to swing by and get a photo with that and pick up a shake at Fuddruckers 59 in Greenway. It's the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show. Keep it here for more of the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show right here on Texans Radio. Teachers, are you looking for a resource to help your students blitz through the math section of the STAR test? Join Toro, the Houston Texans, and ConocoPhillips as they help third and fourth grade students tackle math together with Toro's Math Drills. Toro's Math Drills is a video series that will challenge your students on math topics like fractions, multiplications, division, and place value, all the while having some fun in the classroom. Sign your classroom up today for free at HoustonTexans.com and run your students through Toro's Math Drills. Presented by ConocoPhillips. Go Texans! There's a chance your local GEICO agent owns the same designer dog breed as you. Wait, you 
own a Bawawa too. Half bulldog, half Chihuahua, 100% lovable. Oh yeah. So many wrinkles, such a tiny face. But there's a better chance your local Geico agent could help you out with auto, homeowners, renters, or condo insurance, motorcycle, boat, or RV insurance too. They'll work hard to provide sound advice and significant savings. You don't need a chic, wrinkle-faced pup to do that. Local Geico agents. Call or visit yours today. Call or visit yours today. Call or visit yours. Now back to Fuddruckers for more of the Texans Players Show. Here we are, Fuddruckers, Greenway 59 and Wesley and Mark Vandermeer, Drew Doherty, D.P. Sidhu, and Andre Ware with us as uh, the Heisman Trophy. Drew is in the house. He made yeah. it man. It's good to see you. He's the hardest working man in Houston right there. Yeah, he is. Well, he oh, had op- we had open locker room, right? Uh, it's yep. a, it, and that, I said it was a weird day, and that's why Drew was uh, coming along a little bit later because the players had availability at something like 5, 5.15, right? Yeah, they had, it's a later day, obviously, because they pushed everything back yep. and truncated everything. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they talked a little later. We heard from Deshaun Watson, talked about the matchup coming up. And, um, yeah, nothing too earth-shattering or, or groundbreaking. Watson out of didn't talk trash about the Colts? Didn't guarantee, <laughs> yeah, didn't guarantee, like, seven touchdowns in the first quarter. Or anything, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was good. It's good to see him. Good stuff. He's, he's as you guys know, so even-keeled. Yeah. We've never seen a performance in the pros like we did on Sunday. Right. It was start number We've 32 gotten for him. Yeah, we yeah. really have. And um, he's, I think he's very matter-of-fact about things. And, you know, I was talking, about, talking with you guys off, off air. Texans have not lost consecutive games this year. And when he's had a bad game, he's typically, Bounces knock back. on wood, come well, back and, and yeah. played really well. Well, that's how you week. play the position. I mean, you, you can't get too high when mm-hmm. you're throwing touchdown passes and it's going your way. Because that's when you, you drop your guard, and you can't get too low because you get caught in a moment and you stay there for a while. So you kind of have to stay somewhere in the middle, and he does a pretty good job of that for 60 minutes each and every Sunday. And I heard you guys talking about it right before the break about how sometimes, like, when a pitcher just has a bad day, mm-hmm. and he's, how much do you think the thought of Thursday and what was looming and who was there might have played a role in what we saw collectively? I'm talking about coaching and playing. It's easy to do, I mean, because you're trying to stay ahead uh, mm-hmm. as a coaching staff, certainly, where you, uh, you've got a drawer and it's a file and it's got Colts on it and, and you've already started to, to kind of fill out the game plan for that one. Uh, by the way, we still have the Ravens this week. Right. From a player perspective, if the coaches have done a pretty good job, they have uh, kept the attention on one, di- one game at a time, one season, or you know that, that whole coach speak or whatever it is you want to call it, yeah. but keeping the players focused on what – what's coming, what's ahead of you right now, because you can't overlook the Ravens or just assume that you're going to go there and win. Each and every one of them is important. Ask the Colts about it. Last year when they would have, and we were talking about this, they would have taken a tie. And had, had they taken the tie, mm-hmm. they win the division. Mm-hmm. So every one of them is important in its own right when you look back on it. Absolutely. I mean, that was a, a huge game on Sunday. But we all said it was a huge game on Sunday. It's a huge game on Thursday. The next and the one next is week huge. is huge. But, we, we get the luxury of looking ahead. Right. But if you're a player or a coach, you can't do it. You but have to resist that. It's funny. I don't know how they feel, Dre, but in the second half of that game, I, I was thinking, well, all right, this thing is kind of slipping mm-hmm. away. you got to sort of get ready for Thursday already. Because, that's, and that's kind of why I was asking the question, yeah. what you just articulated there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's why at, at one point, I think it was around the six-and-a-half-minute mark in the fourth quarter. You kind of felt like there aren't enough possessions in this one to come back. Right. Unless you hit a big play, get an onside kick, and then score quickly again. And then and another then that's onside I'm like, okay, kick. This, this is a perfect <laughs> opportunity for, for A.J. McCarron to and get a little in. time. And he did come in. 
Yeah, because uh, there was a time when, and DB was talking about it, even down three touchdowns, Watson can do that, but you weren't making the stops that day. Right. That was the biggest problem. Well, one of the bigger problems that you just had so much difficulty stopping that high-powered Ravens offense. And I, I think that you said it well. They weren't a funk that day. You know, if it happens again, all right, it's a trend. Uh, if if <laughs> it happened just it once, happen it's an aberration, yeah. you know. So I, I expect them to play a whole lot better on Thursday night. I think we all do. So let's see what happens. All right, a little bit more now. I want to transition back to the 30th anniversary, and the Heisman Trophy is here at Fuddruckers, 59 in Wesleyan, and people are getting their pictures taken. We'll interview the Heisman Trophy a little bit later. No, we won't. <laughs> He, he doesn't really say much. Sometimes. <laughs> I posted my picture with the Heisman early, early yeah, you, already. You posted? So, yes. Okay. I was, that, was, that was my one goal was to come here and take a picture and post it. Dre, when you won the award, you played Rice that day, mm-hmm. and you've been very complimentary of Rice University because right. they knew what was going on, and they accommodated you to right away get into a situation where you could watch the ceremony. And did your mom go up there? She did. She was in New York. Uh, she went early, and uh, that's probably the only game that, that she missed. Mm. of uh, when I was in college and my my grandparents were were here so they stayed behind and that was the the cheering section but she never missed one my grandmother my mom uh, was there and of course we had to play that day but Rice was very accommodating I mean we're rivals they could have easily said you know do this back on your your own yard your your, uh, stone throw away Mm. but no they set up an area for us uh, to to uh, to be a part of the show via satellite and it just kind of worked out perfectly. It was the, the perfect ending to a, a, a great season. And to be able to be there and not in New York and share it with my teammates, it was perfect because we, all, we won it together. We played together each and every Saturday for 11 weeks. And uh, to be, you go through the off seasons with those guys. That's why I say that every single game that you get ready for, you got guys, I mean, the, the hard work that goes into an off season, mm-hmm. you, you're talking about summer and two a days out in the heat here in, in Houston, Texas, and then you bond together as a football team. Every game, you take none of them for granted. And to mm-hmm. be able to share that moment as, a, as an entire unit, that's something that we'll all remember the rest of our lives. And you're talking about sharing it as an entire unit. You're not just, you're not just saying that because, correct me if I'm wrong, but you've got to be the only guy in Heisman history who, when they show you winning the award, all your teammates are around you. And I think Jack Pardee was was as well. well. I mean, everybody else. Gave him a big hug and a kiss. Yeah, (laughs) you could have just. When uh, when we won it. You could have just been, it could have just been you on camera in a single shot. And it actually kind of, I'll I'll let you into that. It was a small room. And they were saying, no, there's only room for you and and maybe coach. And I'm like, no, you got to get the guys in. I don't care if we're crammed in and some of some guys were laying down in front and and uh-huh. so on and so forth but i'm like you know we we were going to do this we're going to do it with everybody and at least the five guys that protected me up front and hazard was there manny hazard was there as well and then of course coach party and leroy truitt all those guys were were in the uh, in that in that shot but it was I get goosebumps when i think about it now yeah when you look at the footage it's like when a team gets the announcement that they're going to the NCAA tournament yeah. or something. It's like yeah. one of those things. It's, it's exactly truly a team it, thing. It yeah. was meant to be, and that's the, I would have it no other way. That's how it was meant to be. And that's, you know, you talk, talk to, uh, you know, people about it. They all feel like it. Ask, ask them. You know, they'll tell you we want it. We, it's it's our, our Heisman season is, is the way we all refer to it. You know, you know what I love about the numbers you put up? All right, it's 1989, <laughs> and you put up some numbers, and I took your numbers and I put them into last year's final stats, and I think you were third in 2018, which is saying something Because <laughs> they're playing, you know, 
12, at, at the very least, 12 games. They're playing 12 games, and guess what? And so you throw another bowl game in there, and, and they count those stats, too. You get in a college football playoff, they're counting those stats. Well, but everybody's throwing the ball now. Yes. But, yeah. You know, like, I always make this point about Doug Flutie, who played four years before mm-hmm. you, finished up four years before you. He finished his college career as the all-time leading passer in NCAA history. Yep. Like, no, the number one guy. Now he's like 70th because people throw <laughs> yeah. the ball at, you know, four times the rate. So yeah, the fact that your numbers hold up today with the very elite is astounding. It shows you how, like, I mean, you were in another, you were warp speed back then. Yeah, it was. I mean, we were, it, it, I, I tell people everything. It, life is about timing. It was the right mm-hmm. time and the right place. And I just happened to be in that bubble at the right time when, you know, we were on the cutting edge of something, and, and I think it not only changed or helped change the landscape of college football, it changed the way high school football was played in the state of Texas mm-hmm. because back then it was three yards in a cloud of dust. Everybody, right. you look back, and, and it was great running backs from that era. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, now you've got seven-on-seven competitions that they compete in the offseason with. Right. Kids now are going to, going to colleges uh, as quarterbacks a little bit more ready uh, to play because of, planning systems, learning to read defenses from those seven-on-seven competitions and coming from passing offenses. So uh, it, it was we were way ahead of our time, and, and I'm certainly glad that it was that period of time that, uh, that I came along at the University of Houston. He brings up warp speed. How much looking to the sideline did you have to do before you were calling the play? And how much, like we see the signs right. with uh, the big you know, Bob and, you know, we, we were, all that we, other stuff. You, a lot of guys, I mean, a lot of I guess opponents that would play us we might call it arrogance now, but we didn't care if you knew what we were running. Yeah. You still had to stop us. And, and that's why I have a hard time hearing the phrase, we're going to take what they give us. No, we're going to dictate what we do. You know, you stop us. We're not going to change because of what you do defensively. We're going to come at you fast. And you've got to figure it out because we had an adjustment for every adjustment that you made. Right. And that allowed us to attack defenses and, uh, and be as aggressive as we, as we were. So it was a – I never huddled. We hardly ever huddled. Maybe the first play of a series. Uh, and I never took – I tell him this all the time. You see so many shotgun offenses yeah, you were now. always under center. Never took a shotgun snap mm. when I was in college. I was always under center. I love that part of yeah, it. Yeah, I felt like it gave me an advantage of reading coverages. And coverages, guys move so much pre-snap now right. that I have to be able to see them. I don't need to be looking for a snap that could be a little bit left or a little bit right, and then I look up and coverage has changed. So mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that I'm getting a snap and I'm seeing the coverage rotation. What do you think about the way that the, college, the, co- the NFL game has changed what uh, – coaches and teams are looking for yeah. in an NFL quarterback with like guys like Lamar with guys like Deshaun Watson you know I just I remember a few years ago everybody wanted tall big pocket passer and now it's trending in a completely yeah. different direction those do you think this, two, is, this is the wave of the new NFL quarterback yeah those guys they, they could fit in terms of every uh the the specs of of any any uh GM that you're looking for because they're all they're both 6'3 and maybe above mm-hmm. but uh you know you got the Russell Wilson types of the 5'11s and the Baker Mayfields and so on and so forth and that and Kyler Murray that that uh that fit now because of the the way and the change of the offenses and they're in the gun and so you can see and you can find throw passing lanes and so on and so forth the the offensive changes they're coming and either you're going to change with it or you're going to get passed up and people will figure out what you're doing. I think the day of a pure pocket passer is it may be gone. 
because you want to force defenses to play 11 on 11. And it's nice, too, because otherwise you have to wait for a guy like Tom Brady, which there's only one Tom Brady. And I remember just even a few years ago, coaches didn't want to put rookies or young quarterbacks in the game because it took so long to get Mm -hmm. up to speed. And now it seems like you've got guys coming out of college, they're ready to go. Yeah, and and the good coaches figure out that, hey, this this is the fastest way he can play, and he gets comfortable this way. So let's give him a little bit of what... He did in college mm-hmm. to, to get him comfortable as, as we implement the other stuff that we want to do as well. So you get the best of both, both worlds. Andre Ware is here, and we are taking questions from the crowd next, and we'll talk more about all this stuff, quarterbacking in the National Football League, Thursday against the Colts. It's all happening here at Fuddruckers 59 and Wesleyan. The Big Finish is up next. The Fuddruckers Texans Players Show continues in a moment. We're back with more of the Texans Players Show, live from Fuddruckers. Yes, we are. Mark Vandermeer, D.P. Sidhu, Drew Doherty, and Andre Ware is our guest tonight. Short week next week. Pay attention, folks. We're going to go on Monday... Because it's Thanksgiving week, and for other reasons as well that I won't get into. But we're going to go on Monday night here at Fuddruckers, Greenway 59 and Wesleyan with Dylan Cole. Dylan Cole is our guest for the first time ever on the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show. And DP just interviewed him on the Deep Slant interview. I did. So. It's going to air Friday night on Texans Radio. I think it's going to we'll be. Have it up on the I, I think we're going to throw it up tomorrow night, maybe. I don't know. Okay, or, we'll or it'll go up sooner. All How right, about that? Yeah, we'll, we'll he's he's, a, he's the, the perfect example of a guy that just worked his way into the line. Yes, absolutely. Started on special teams, undrafted, showed what he could do on special teams, gave him a, a shot in, mm-hmm. uh, with a regular defense, and now he's yeah. playing more than ever. So. Yeah. He's, he's doing gonna, a great job. He's going to pick one off and take it to the house again some very point. soon. Yes. He, he almost did it Sunday. He got his hand on one. And then two weeks ago or three oh. weeks ago against the Raiders. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, man. Yep. Nothing but green grass in between him. He holds on to that one. Yeah. Well, he had the fumble recovery against Jacksonville. Right, right. So that was his career first. He just but, finds yeah. a way. Guys like that just find a way to make plays. And, mm-hmm. and he that's exactly what what he does each and every week. He's a captain now. Yeah. You know who else makes plays? The crowd here at Fuddruckers, yes. and they have questions <laughs> for Andre. Yeah. All right, Lawrence, Let's you are it. first, my friend. <laughs> Hope I can handle Andre? these. Good, my man. How are you? <laughs> All right. What Texan player has impressed you the most this season? Oh, boy. Ooh. That's a good one. I, I think it's uh, Carlos Hyde. Okay. Oh, we'll go there. Uh, because, you know, they, they with this offense, the, the everything kind of comes off the – works off the running game and obviously with some injuries early in the uh, the preseason losing Lamar Miller they they trade for him and he's come in and has provided a spark each and every week he's running hard he's hard to bring down you can see the passion in which he plays with every single week and I know as kind of having played with running backs or a guy behind me that's a position that especially at this point in the year uh, they're not 100% and yet he runs that way every single week so it would be a Carlos Hyde for me. Great question. That's a great question. How, how often do you guys call him El Guapo on the broadcast? He calls him that all the time. Yeah, I do. Mark loves a good nickname. Of course. I'm, not, I'm still not sure I know what it means, so uh, well, he's I, I've refrained from going there, but he, <laughs> he says it all the time. He's, he's the name of a villain in some, um, some movie. Really? I don't, I don't watch handsome. a lot of monster movies. handsome, so... It, it means handsome, but it's. But I said, why would they call you handsome? He said, well, there was like a villain uh, in a mobster a movie. A handsome villain. And his it's name was El Guapo. Isn't it his Twitter villain. handle, too? Yeah. Yes, it's everything. How about awesome. that for a guy who 
you could say was almost written off by three teams yeah. in the span of a year. This in time, almost year. a year ago, he was. Now he's was making all, all of them look foolish you know, by, by breaking. I mean, Kansas City just hey, go ahead, we'll show you the door, and then here he comes comes here, and he is just like I said, it's it's fun to watch him run. I think the that's violent running style is how I would describe it. That might be the most surprising thing of this season that. Training camp began. All right, Lamar Miller, and let's hope that Deontay Foreman can really mm-hmm. develop here. And then neither of those guys are here because Lamar's hurt and Deontay Foreman released. And then you acquire Duke, and you get Hyde right before the start of the season, and look what those two are doing. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine not having those guys? Yeah. I mean, that is terrific stuff. Okay, next question from the crowd. What's your name? Leslie. Hi, right, Leslie. Leslie. Uh, if you were still playing in the NFL, what one player would you love to be your teammate? Hmm. Oh boy, and playing that's quarterback. That's so. a good question. I mean, it's got to be somebody. Yeah, As a wide receiver, you, exactly. Wide that, receiver. That's where I would go right away because they they make you look good in a hurry. Who? Uh, well, we got one here. Wait, I was like, well, it's not yeah, an Hopkins answer. would be right right up there because he catches everything. And and what I like about receivers, I like receivers that catch everything away from their bodies with their hands. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to be perfect as a quarterback. You, you, can, you can actually just kind of put it in an area and they make plays. So Hop would be there, definitely. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you get guys that, that chest catch, now you allow a defensive back to come through you and get, get, a, get the ball out or at least make a play where it's, it's always contested. Mm-hmm. Hop makes sure that doesn't happen. So that's a nice luxury to have. We, we talk about surprises before the start of the season. How about Kenny Stills and what he's brought to this offense? I, I didn't realize just the downfield playmaking that, he, that, he, that he's brought to this offense. And I thought he was just honestly just kind of a throw-in with the uh, Tunsil trade. And then he gets here and he starts making fantastic catch early in the year along the sideline, you know, mm-hmm. kind of over the shoulder. and The, and, the uh, go-ahead touchdown against New Orleans. Yep, and it's just one after the other that all of a sudden he is – in into uh, in the game plan each and every week. He's making plays every week, so much so that some guys can't get on the field. <laughs> you know, so Which is the most surprising that we part thought of it. would be uh, big time uh, contributors this yeah. year. Yeah. Right. And he's yeah. just you know, and, and he did it in a short period of time because he didn't have the luxury of having an off season. Yeah, like three days, and he's just. Learned the offense and, and was contributing right, right away. You know, it's funny because, like, sometimes in baseball you say, this guy's a professional hitter, you know, somebody yeah. who's, like, a really good hitter that you can just plug and play. Kenny Stills is a professional wide receiver. Exactly I mean, you right. bring him anywhere, he's going to make plays That's for exactly you. Exactly right. Hey, what changes, though, if Will Fuller's in the lineup this week? Oh, it changes dramatically because I was telling him during one of the commercial breaks on Sunday, what we're missing is a deep threat, a guy that can take the top off a of defense, the threat of doing that. And we know what Fuller can do it because every you don't even have to hit him, you know, every time. You don't have to hit him 50% of the time. Just the threat of it happening backs a defense away. Now you get all the underneath stuff. Mm-hmm. When they creep up, that's when you get it. And, mm-hmm. and you'll get about three of those shots a game. You really need to – you want to hit all three of them naturally, but if you hit one, that backs them off for the rest of the day. Yeah, that's a great point. All right, next question from the crowd. What's your name, sir? Marty. Marty. Hi, Marty. When you were playing football, who was your biggest mentor? Oh, boy. It was... Uh, I've got this one. Dub Ferris. <laughs> yeah. Head yeah. coach, Dickinson High That's School. exactly right. <laughs> Gator. Uh, he, uh, and he and I, to this day, we, we're texting all the time. We keep in touch. He's a big really? influence on my life. Oh, yeah. Oh, my, wow. my high school coach basically became my father. My father passed when I was six, and I have no brothers or sisters. And it was just me and my mom. And so at the right time in my life, I met him. And he kind of, as a freshman, we were sitting... I'll never forget it. We're sitting on the mat 
our off-season mat where we did all these mat drills, and he kind of read us the right act of how it was going to be or you wouldn't play. Mm. And uh, it scared me to death because I love the game of football, and I didn't want to mess up. To this day, I would run through that wall for him. And he had this knack of just, you know, figuring out a way to fire you up before mm-hmm. a game that uh, was like no other. And, you know, I God bless Clear Lake and Clear Creek, the high schools that we played, you know, when, when, uh, when I was down there because that's, those were the weeks he wanted to make sure we were just razor focused. <laughs> and so, but, but uh, he, he became a father figure that you never wanted to let down. Mm. And I told Drew this. It, it was uh, when we went down there to yeah. shoot a, a deal uh, a couple of years ago. To this day, I make decisions based on what he would think. Mm. I don't necessarily call him and ask for, you know, what, what do you think? But I, I make life decisions based on how uh, or what he would think about me if I were to do this. And so that's the influence that he's had on me to, to this day. Don't want to let him down. Yeah. Don't want to let him down. That's tremendous. I mean, training. that's such a compliment to him yeah. and his influence on you and the fact it's that am- he's... It's amazing, too, because you never realize as a coach the effect you'll have on a young man's life, or a, a, in this case with the Texans, a grown man's life. And so they, you know, they look, for, look to you for, for certain things that maybe they didn't get at home. And so you have to be that, you know, that, that's, that, uh, that sounding board sometimes. And, and uh, he was that for me. Mm-hmm. I remember being sick before our first game. My senior year, we were playing Beaumont French. Very important game. I think they had gone to the state championship the year before. And, uh, and I had the flu. My mom happened to be out of town when I got it. And he was over at the house and, and uh, making soup in the kitchen and <laughs> so on and so forth. So that Friday night, I was ready to play. Wow. And play, actually played pretty good that night. Does he know that, you've, uh, that he's had such an influence oh, on your life? I tell him all the time. You, he, he is, is he surprised he is by it, I guess? He is the ultra-tough, uh, gritty head coach. I mean, he, he doesn't show the love all the time, mm. but you know it's there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and trying to get him to, see, get him to say that he was proud of me. Man, I get almost get get emotional about it. Yeah, uh, that was that was the that day was, for me. Yeah, oh, yeah, when he told me that, and he was proud of what I've become and how I've represented uh, him and and uh, and the team and the city of Dickinson, the town of Dickinson. That that was big. When was that? Though? I, I remember riding back. I, I can't remember the name of the movie, the Ernie Davis movie, Forty Four. Oh yeah, the and Express. I was riding back, and I, I was right here, just passing six ten and fifty nine when I watched it. And I was kind of getting emotional about it and, uh, and just called him and told him I appreciate everything that he's done for me and so on and so forth. And, and uh, it, was, it, was, it was moving. And so we, mm-hmm. we, uh, we have, we've always been close, but that day, uh, he, he just, that's when he told me. Oh, that's awesome. And so uh, he knew. <laughs> I was, we weren't texting that day. We were talking. And, and I was, I'd almost pulled over because I almost lost it. I think I saw crazy. that movie with you, by the way. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's like my de facto dad, you know, awesome. and, and uh, the guy I go to that when I really, really need to talk something to. Okay. God, you guys got me going. I know, right? Sorry. This is a great story. Oh, I could listen Andre, to that all Sorry, day. not sorry. No, that's oh, tremendous. Right. Andre, tell us about another time in your life that you've cried. <laughs> <laughs> let's just keep going. Yeah, all right, let's, let's get our next move of the crowd. Wow, let's move on for that one. <laughs> What's your name? Hey, everybody. I'm Lynn from Wisconsin. How about all Wisconsin? Right. But yeah, I just... spent the 90s living in Michigan, so all those Michigan yes. people say hey to you, Andre. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so here's my question. What do you think is the key Thursday for the Texans to win? 
I think it's controlling the ball. Uh, the running game has to kind of get itself started. It got going late, but a little bit too late with Carlos Hyde. Uh, that protects Deshaun as well and allows him to the offense to really open itself up where you can get to the tight ends because they're more concerned about stopping the run. That allows you to get to the second level and get some some second-level passes, and the big plays start to build off that. So everything within this offense really is generated by the running game. So that's got to start itself uh, extremely early on Thursday night. Good question. Yeah, great questions tonight. Great questions. You know what? It's funny. It's fun to do a show like this with you because you and I are on the air all the time, but we're always doing a game. You know, these games get in the way of our conversations. (laughs) And, you know, when when we did the morning show together, we would talk about this kind of stuff. Like, we would talk about Dub Ferris and the Gators. Great couple of years. Good good run right across the street. Right right across across, Yeah. And we did shows out and, and, you know, we'd meet different people. And I got to know you really well. And it, it was fun. And, you know, you brought up seeing the Express. Uh, the That's movie. the name of the yeah. movie. I couldn't think of the name of the movie. And we, you and I interviewed Dennis Quaid together. That's right. Remember that? That's right. We went downtown to the Four Seasons. He was doing a promo tour on That's the movie. That's right. And, we, and it's still on YouTube somewhere. If you Google <laughs> your name, my name, and Dennis Quaid, it's going to pop up on, uh, on YouTube. And it's not a very well shot video, but that was kind of cool. It was. It was. It was that. a great movie, too, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, because you know, Ernie Davis is well-documented. was the first African-American to win the Heisman Trophy. Right. Then you start, you know, years later, some years later, you become the first African-American quarterback right. to win the award. There's, there's a tie there and, and, a, and a bond, so to speak. And we I need felt a movie. It, I felt it that day, you know, and uh, Who's driving home. Who's playing you in the movie? The, yeah. Who's going to do it? Oh, boy. <laughs> Who's going to play you in a movie? That's a great question. That would be great. That would be a lot of fun. Mm. Sit in and... and uh, <laughs> Be in on that. Yeah, yeah. watching the watching them audition. That's pretty good stuff, right there, no doubt. All right, so Andre Ware is with us. We had some questions from the crowd. Uh, Let's talk about some other things here. Let's talk about basketball for a moment, because all right. So I see your son out here in the (laughs) audience, and and Z is a good basketball player. Yeah, he uh, he he plays up against fifth and sixth graders, and we uh, we had a. My team had a, a, a great run. I didn't coach it. Coach Angie was there mm-hmm. and, and coaching the team this weekend. But they got through the first two rounds and won big the first two rounds. They were up by nine at halftime mm-hmm. against a team that is one of the better, better teams in, uh, the, I guess, the fifth, sixth grade level mm-hmm. in the area. And we were up by nine and let it get away late. Turned it over a few times. But uh, that, that is, uh, is therapeutic for me, coaching young kids and, and uh, just kind of doing that giving my time and basketball you you love it as much as i do i love it it is is uh my passion so to speak so what kind of coach are you oh boy um are you tough yeah they would (laughs) they would all tell you that i'm I'm pretty tough i've heard some i heard some stuff on sunday as far as there's some uh (laughs) things you have to do during the week if you want to play yeah Mm -hmm. you want to show up and, uh, <laughs> Showing you know, up is you, big. You come to practice, you, you, you're guaranteed to play. If you don't come to practice, if you were a starter, you're probably I not going to start that week. You wanted to- <laughs> yeah, no, it, 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 it's uh, it's true. But uh, you know, if you don't if you you don't come to practice, it's like the likelihood of starting is is probably not. And and uh, some probably know that this mm-hmm. week. But uh, we're tough. And we're very tough. I think I teach. I try to teach life lessons through practice and through basketball mm-hmm. and responsibility and, and uh, being a good teammate mm-hmm. and, and relying on one another. I don't necessarily uh, believe in, especially at this age group, 
one guy taking over and being the, the star of the team. I don't care who gets the, the credit. We're going to play tough defense first, mm-hmm. and the ball will find its way in the basket because we'll turn you over. Uh, we'll pr- we press walking in the gym. So Most important thing. Yeah, we play defense, defense good defense, yep. and you're rebounding. You'll win a lot of games. All right, before we close out, I wanted to get this in because I know you're involved with three other quarterbacks, three other African-American yeah, yes. quarterbacks, Vince Young, Deshaun Watson, and Warren Moon. I yeah. mean, this is brothers in arms, and you guys have formed this alliance to help give away scholarship, and I know scholarships, and I know the Houston, uh, the Harris County Houston Sports Authority is involved, yes. Patty Smith helped along with this, but it's brothersinarms.com. Brothersinarmshouston.com. Brothersinarmshouston.com. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it was, it's, it's an idea that we came up with, and, and Patty Smith with the Sports Authority, she was uh, right there kind of spearheading the way, and, and we get Warren involved and along with, with Deshaun and Vince. And it's, you know, every guy from a different decade. And, and mm-hmm. the, the, uh, the thing that kind of ties us all together, obviously we all play quarterback, Obviously, we're all African-American quarterbacks, but we were all raised by single mothers. Mm-hmm. And so that was uh, the, the thing. So that you have to, in order to qualify for the scholarship, you have to be raised in a single-parent home uh, with a 3.0 grade point average. You have to be playing a sport. You cannot have a scholarship already, like you're going to college and then get our scholarship. You, you can't have a scholarship there. And then uh, write an essay, submit the essay. Those will be processed and then we'll pick the winners from uh for the january i think it's 21st uh houston sports authority houston sports award show that's yeah. where we'll present it's the, january the 21st yeah so 21st. brothers in arms houston.com correct is the website and all the information is there and and it's it's great for me because you know i always i've looked up to warren and and admired both vince and deshaun and what what a partnership it's kind of it's been mm-hmm. to have all those guys aboard and uh and uh, we, we plan to do some, some pretty significant things, some, some great things through this. You're the only one of these quarterbacks to win the Heisman Trophy. Now, V.Y. should have won it after the Rose Bowl. If they were voting, as, as we were talked about, there's no, I think there's no doubt there. And Deshaun probably or could have gotten it anyway yes. after Clemson defeated yep. Alabama, you would think. So, you know, that would have been uh, striking. And Warren's, Warren's a, a Hall of Famer. So, I mean, uh, Warren, amazing. Uh, How many of Warren us, have? Of, if of he all can... of us, he probably throws the prettiest ball. Oh, he throws. And a probably bullet. could still do it today. I mean, it was just beautiful. How many yards would he have if he came right into the NFL? He's got quite a few. Uh, <laughs> He's got a lot yeah, anyway. If you, add his, if you add his his CFL yards onto that, I don't know that anybody has anywhere anybody's in the neighborhood. Even the average per yeah. year for the five years yeah. would put him like way up in the seventies, I think. Um, and you know, he, he's he's out there with the yardage, incredible stuff. That's great. All right, so how about it? A hand for my friend Andre Ware. Thank you guys for coming out. Thank you for being here. Texans All Access next here, Fuddruckers Greenway. This is Texans Radio. It's football season, and at Mattress Firm, we're celebrating with new exclusive Texans mattresses. As the official mattress retailer of the Houston Texans, we're offering special performance mattresses with cooling gel technology, perfect for all Texans fans. Plus, when the Texans win, you can score 40% off these limited edition beds for the two days following the game. Head to your Houston area mattress firm and say Texans win. Celebrate your Texans spirit with an exclusive mattress. Hurry in for the deal of the season. Your budget stretches further at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply, valid at participating locations only. See store for offer details. Miller Lite is brewed for every Texans fan who knows the best football in Texas is played in Houston, period. And the best beer in Texas is brewed just down the road. Because when it comes to your team and your beer... 
you never compromise. That's why we brew Miller Lite with great taste and only 96 calories. Miller Lite, hold true. Celebrate responsibly. 2018 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Average analysis, 12 fluid ounces, 96 calories, 3.2 grams carbs, less than 1 gram protein, and 0 grams fat. It's fat. 